The Start On Demand. On demand. Hey, hey, it's GMAC for Brett McGarry. It's The Start On Demand. Thanks for subscribing, sharing, and downloading The Start Podcast. We appreciate you joining us each and every day. If it's your first time, welcome. This morning on The Start, we had a ton of fun. McNabb's birthday today. We also spoke about Phase 3 of the reopening of Manitoba's economy. That and much, much else. Stick around, won't you? Let's get right down to business. Thank you, TFJ. Uh, stormy night. I, I know you got out and did a little bit of storm chasing last night. How far north did you get? Yeah, well, I headed north uh, around Stonewall, then made my way to about Birds Hill. The storms kind of moved a little too far east for them to be decent chasing conditions. But yeah, I did a bit of a trip, if you will. Okay. Uh, and you had some pictures up on your Twitter, right? Yeah, on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on both of those. Okay. You... Throw out your handle yeah. before I let you run back to work. Uh, Twitter handle is Tristan FJ, T-R-I-S-T-A-N-F-J. But um, if you don't remember that, just go to CJOB's Twitter and, you know, that's retweeted me several times. So wow. The, the, t- the CJOB Twitter, magic retweeting you. It's nice. Well, I mean, you know, it's magic for a reason, right? We'll see you in a half an hour, buddy. Okay. Okay, actually less than that, about 24 minutes. Tristan Field-Jones in for Jeff Braun, and there's really only one place to start this morning. The weather. Nope. <laughs> Happy birthday, McNabb. Thanks, buddy. I know, Not, we, I know we sort of set the team. table for, isn't it though? And this is the live version. Let's listen for a moment. Well, sure. Sorry. It's not my birthday today. Just, <laughs> just so we're clear. The Beatles can speak for us on a lot of things, but when they throw in, it's my birthday too, yeah. It's uh, that's pretty unusual, I think, unless you're a twin. <laughs> yeah, you don't get that too often, right? When you uh, find uh, you're working with someone who has the same date as you, or a family member, or a friend. But yes, thanks. It's, uh, it'll be a good day, I hope. Yeah. Well, I know you had a little bit of a visit with Brett McGarry yesterday. Those pictures are all over social media. I think I saw it on TMZ yesterday. <laughs> You guys consuming alcohol in the middle of the day? What's going it's on? It's not the middle of the day when your day starts at three thirty in the morning. You know that. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. No, he remember he bought um, brought by some beer. I think it was for your birthday, and yes. then I made a joke that I better see the same sort of love on my day. And so Brett's a man of his word. So sure enough, showed up yesterday afternoon with a bottle of wine and. Um, La Cochina chips for me because some were sent to the station and so he brought those by and we had a great little visit. Uh, hot, hot, hot day. I, I said, let's sit outside and then as soon as we did that, I thought, well, now we're all sweaty, but that's that. Yes, thank you very much, uh, Greg. And you know what? Um, with that heat yesterday, I I really, really wanted to see some rain. Did you get anything significant? Yeah, we did. We got a couple of different downpours, lots of thunder, lots of lightning, some wind, and then some deadly calm uh, 
atmospheric conditions, like no wind at all in between the couple of bouts of rain we had in North Dakota. And as we anticipated, we spoke about this. We set it up yesterday. Parts of southern Manitoba got hammered again last night in Lorraine. Some of us like the rain, right, for our gardens and our lawns. I put some lawn seed in my in thinning parts of my front lawn uh, the other day. But there is a part of the province who did not need the rain one little bit. No, and that's not far from my neck of the woods. I'm, of course, south, just southeast of Winnipeg. And as it was rolling through. Oh, sorry. The Beatles are still singing. That's all right. It's a good song. We mentioned that. So it can come back again. But, you know, I was watching the the clouds roll through and it delayed uh, our kids' baseball practice. And I thought, okay, here we go. There's going to be a storm. And we never really saw much. The boy in southeast part of the province, uh, Environment Canada, says that area, Vita, Stuart Byrne, Piney, they really got hammered. It's a bit of a tricky uh, situation because we don't have many weather observations there. Um, in Minnesota, in Minnesota, just south of where the heaviest band was, they also don't have any weather stations where the band set up. And uh, the radar, the closest radar, Dryden, is actually uh, not scanning through that area right now because they're construct. They had to turn off a sector to construct the new radar that's going up. So it really will be, we'll have to wait and see until uh, we start getting reports in as people wake up in the area. Um, from close to the radar in Minnesota, there are indications that there could have been uh, in excess of 100 millimeters overnight. Um, so we're going to have to just wait and see uh, what we start hearing once the sun comes up. So we're hoping to get Environment Canada on uh, later this morning with some of those numbers because it takes a while to tally those things. They rely a lot on volunteers, Greg. And so, yeah, we know that there's parts of this province, Vida area particularly, that had a state of emergency, still in a state of emergency because of flash flooding it saw last week. And so we need to check in with them and and back with Environment Canada to see uh, what they saw last night. Yeah, uh, those are some startling numbers if they're at all accurate. that, that, that's just uh, kind of horrifying, if you ask me, Brad Vorolik from Environment Canada, suggesting that parts of southeastern Manitoba may be getting, have got a hundred more millimeters of rain. But we'll keep our fingers crossed that that radar wasn't exactly uh, accurate and those estimates are off. Now, we've been giving away opportunities to give away and win our barbecue for Father's Day. You're not going to be here tomorrow, it's, so it's no. fake Friday for you. So we th- thought we'd do something a little bit differently today. We're going to do this by text. And I mentioned it yesterday, sort of hinted at it, that um, Monty Python had a certain movie. The Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. If you do not open this door, we shall take this castle by force. So we're going to do the Holy Grail contest today for our very last opportunity to get in on tomorrow's grand prize. We'll give it away tomorrow morning, but you need to do this. You either need to text us a picture of your holy grill and holy H-O-L-E-Y, I guess. Is that how you would... Spell that one with holes in it or one that's just not in very just good condition. Show us you need this, you know? Exactly. It could also be the missing hole on your deck because you don't have one anymore. Ooh. You know, just the, the the blank space where you just wish you could grill. I like the way you're thinking, McNabb. 780-6868. And if you haven't got a picture, tell us a story. Make one up if you have to about your worst barbecuing experience and uh, we will find our final qualifier flame and comfort that jackson grill we're going to give it away tomorrow
Does get that that get the Forte thumb of approval? Fourteen is okay. We can go with that. Oh well, it's thirteen point four. Thir- uh, rounding yeah. up, it should have rounded down. So thirteen or fourteen degrees, thereabouts, depending on where uh, you are. Forte, come on. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. He's, he's our weather <laughs> specialist uh, this yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> Furthest thing from it. Okay, well, you do a masterful job of master control. Jeff Forche, Tristan Field-Jones, uh, joining us here at 680 CJOB, safely behind glass. They are in aquariums, essentially, uh, without the water. Uh, Kelly Moore is from home and Loren McNabb from home. Greg Mackling with you on the start. Brett McGarry back on uh, Monday. Terrace Bay, Ontario. Hands up if you know where Terrace Bay, Ontario is. No clue. I do. You do? Yep. Yeah. What, what, what's their uh, landmark there? We were talking about the windmill in Holland. What do they have in Terrace Bay? Uh, I believe it's the uh, freshwater conservation area. That's Yeah, that's, that's what they're famous for. But, yeah. but, but their landmark, what do they have? What's their big thing? I'll tell you. It's a lighthouse. Oh, okay. They have a really cool lighthouse there. Why are we talking about Terrace Bay? Well, because it's uh, it's east of Thunder Bay, so a little bit further east than I think we imagined, Loren, that the Phase 3 uh, reopening would allow visitors from Ontario to come to Manitoba without having to quarantine. Terrace Bay, beautiful part of the country. We want to talk about your favorite road trips because I don't think you can take a plane there. You, you probably can't take... Well, you probably could get there. Well, some, float plane, a float plane, I guess. Maybe a plane to Thunder Bay, and then, yeah, a float plane or something to Terrace Bay. And, and, yeah, you can get on a plane, but a lot of people aren't this summer, so there'll be a lot of road trips. So let's start with uh, Tristan. Do you have a, a road trip memory you want to share with us? Yeah, I do, actually. I've, I've been on... Now I think about it, I've been on plenty of road trips, but I, I'll tell the story about when I went to Nopaming Provincial Park here in Manitoba uh, with a buddy of mine from high school. Uh, I, this is the first time I went, so I had no idea how rugged it actually was and the fact that the quote-unquote highways are actually gravel roads with massive potholes in them. And we started going there, and there were these little bits of isolated, really heavy downpours. So we're so I'm driving in my little subcompact car, trying to dodge potholes and trying to be safe when it's blinding downpours and then avoiding the occasional down tree because the highways, it's not the white shell, right? The highways there on is maintained. And then when we got to a hiking trail, we were both supposed to go. What I thought was going to be a two-hour drive ended up being almost three hours. Then when we got to the hiking trail, we came across right near the entrance, a lynx and her two cubs. And it was, uh, I I didn't know exactly what to do. I was a little bit concerned because um, mom and cubs, right? Mm -hmm. Turns out they're they're mostly, in fact, completely harmless to humans. It's fascinating seeing the lynx kind of climb up the trees like it was nothing uh, and ended up... uh, doing a couple of hikes, and in the end, it was all worth it. Wow, it sounded like a tale of woe was developing there, Kelly Moore. I thought we were celebrating road trips. Uh, is yeah. yours a celebration or, or a tale of, no, oh no, my gosh, ce- why did we ever attempt no, this? No. no, celebration all the way. Three years ago, we went out BC, and uh, we went with, uh, we, and actually, we thought it was going to be a tough trip because we went with uh, our daughter and her two uh, daughters, and, and the youngest one can sometimes be a handful, but it turned out to be the summer vacation that we will never, ever forget. Our daughter had a van, and if you've watched Handmaid's Tale, you'll know this. We nicknamed the van Ovlins, and uh, we, uh, are, we were treated uh, for many a mile to our granddaughter with the headphones on, singing horribly off-key to Moana, and uh, the rallying cry was, Get in the van! And three years later, we still say that. It, 
it's it's a trip we'll never ever forget it was just fan every grandparent should have a chance to spend the trip like that with their grandkids oh that sounds nice kelly uh birthday girl oh trip to bc we did so many road trips to bc uh i'm one of the ones that stands out my four of us in a station wagon so four kids plus my parents my brother had that teenage stinky feet thing going on and thought it was hilarious to sit in the back of the station wagon but back then you weren't really paying attention to seatbelt rules and put his stinky feet in our face right and so we'd freak out we were just constantly screaming we're all teenagers we're all mad and my dad kept doing that you do that one more time think i'm pulling over right like he was so mad sure enough we're coming down the trans canada my brother does it one more time. One of us screams. Dad pulls over, gets out of the car, and we all lock the doors so that he can't get into the back at my brother. And it had just been this heavy rain, and the semi goes by, hits a puddle. No. Dad is soaked, but it diffused the situation. And so every time I'm heading west, that is all I can think about is those dirty sneakers, smelly feet, and my dad uh, going from anger to laughter because there was nothing else he could do. MPI is in the news, as you just heard from Tristan Field-Jones, the fir- the largest uh, request for uh, rebate or rollback of rates in 30 years uh, made yesterday by the Crown Corporation. Uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be, according to at least one person in our community. We'll play those comments for you in just a few minutes. And of course, phase three happening right now. And some people happy, not everyone's thrilled with the changes, in particular, uh, the restaurant industry, Loren. And we got this text message at 7. 780-6868. We asked for your feedback on this situation and whether or not you'd be in favor of eliminating that six-foot distance between tables. And here is uh, one individual who says, hey, you can sit in a restaurant in a group of 10 people who you don't live or don't reside with, but you have to keep a six-foot distance between the next table of 10 people who are sitting beside each other. Doesn't make much sense. When you think about it that way, and if you're sitting around a table of 10, you're face-to-face versus back-to-back, which is part of the argument uh, the folks in the restaurant industry are making, Lauren. Well, technically, at the beginning, when we moved into uh, the phase that allowed people for that in-room dining last month, or or was it the start of this month? The phases and the dates are all blurring together. But I, technically, the advice was you're supposed to be going to the patio, for example, uh, with people within your household, and you weren't supposed to be going with people outside your household. And I'm not really sure that messaging has changed, but we all know people are going to the restaurants anyway with friends or family uh, or people who aren't in their homes. And so he makes a good point there. Well, I have to get some clarification on that. I mean, people are going to go and, and sit with whomever they want to anyway, but in the beginning, at least, the advice was, still try to stick within the people who are in your house. And that's clearly uh, changing. Uh, the the directive is changing. Keep your commentary, your thoughts on phase three, what you like, what you don't like. And also don't forget, sell us your, send us your holy grill, your, your bad barbecue pictures and or stories as we qualify one more listener for tomorrow's grand prize giveaway in honor of Father's Day coming up on Sunday, just in case you need a reminder, we're going to give away a Jackson Grill, courtesy of our friends at Flame and Comfort. We start this hour with asparagus, strawberries, carrots. They're big business for Manitoba producers. They're delicious, but their ability to get those crops in and out this year has been hampered by a lack of staff. So some Manitobans might not know that every year 
two to 300 seasonal workers or temporary farm workers come to Manitoba to work on the farms here. And not only were many delayed getting here because of COVID, earlier this week, Mexico's ambassador to Canada said he didn't want to send any more farm workers to Canada until it gets more clarity on the two people who died from COVID on a farm in Ontario. So it's not clear if the directive is aimed at all farms in Canada or if the concern just lies with the farms that have been hit by COVID. But Beth Connery runs Connery's Berries and Connery's Riverdale Farms just outside of Portage La Prairie. And she joins us now to discuss uh, what's happening further. Good morning, Beth. Good morning. Let's just start with the impact you've already had from COVID as a result of foreign workers, temporary foreign workers, maybe not all of them getting to your farm. How has that uh, hit you, particularly with your asparagus, asparagus crop? Well, uh, with asparagus, we did not have all of our workers in, and that just meant that we couldn't cover all of our acres. So uh, our harvest has been reduced to a certain extent, and it just means that's the way it worked this year, I guess. It's been difficult for everyone all the way around. Um, Mexico had to, of course, shut down as well because of their COVID. So moving people through the system became very problematic. What do you make of the Mexican ambassador and his uh, attempt or his temporary stop on seasonal workers coming to Canada? Is that going to impact production in the long run all summer long here? Is there a sense that is just specific to the farms that have been hit by COVID, Beth? Um, I don't expect that it's going to hit everyone like the whole year. Uh, They have quite deliberately said they're using a pause because what they want to do is evaluate what's going on. And fair enough, it's their citizens that are coming here and they want to make sure that everyone is going to be safe. And uh, uh, from the discussions that I have had, um, it's expected to be a very short-term pause, a few days, to take a look at the situation, determine what they need for information from farms that, say, have a positive test, and to ensure that everybody is safe and healthy, and then they will just pick right back up and keep going. You know, Beth, thousands of Canadians are out of work right now, in part because of COVID. But even before COVID, you know, there were many people who really struggled with the idea that we were looking outside of Canada for work. I even saw someone tweet about it yesterday. Like, I don't, I just don't get why we have to go outside of Canada. Are there not enough locals who would want these jobs, particularly now? Not really, actually. Um, We have been having to hire people from outside of Canada for many years, since the late 80s, because we simply can't get enough Canadians who are interested in doing these kinds of jobs. They're, They're hard work, they're outside in all weather, and they truly are just seasonal. So, and I... I really understand. Canadians need a full-time, year-round job. So finding something that is only going to uh, pay the bills for maybe six months of the year means the other six months of the year that you're scrambling. Well, I, I saw a reference to this on Twitter from someone in Ontario where they were offering $25 an hour to work in the fields. A hundred people showed up in the morning. By the end of the day, there were only 10 people left. This is very hard work, Beth. It is hard work. Yes, it is. And, and people just don't realize how hard a work it is. And it's kind of day in, day out stuff. So um, it, it's not something that you can change to doing something else. Our crops are very specific and they require to 
require harvesting by hand, most of them. For the vegetable crops, there are very few that have mechanical harvesting. So it's hand harvesting. You are picking that spear of asparagus or that head of broccoli or that cabbage. Uh, all of those things are one at a time, and it's, uh, it's a, a long grind. Thank you very much for taking the time with us, Beth. I know there's a lot of work still to be done, and you're up early every day, so I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Beth Connery runs Connery Berries and Connery's Riverdale Farms. Lots of conversation about uh, temporary foreign workers not able to make it here or not as many as they had hoped, uh, Greg, and also maybe some not coming because of potential changes or directive from countries like Mexico. And so uh, that will be another cog in the wheel for some producers in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, we're already, the text messages, people are exasperated that you can't find Canadians to do this work. Did you do work like this when you were younger on the farm? I I had a hard time, um, like even with equipment that we use. So this is this is manual labor, right? Like you're picking by hand in in many cases for these vegetable or, or fruit farms, and so um, even just the labor for the machine work can be really really challenging and tiring. And she referenced you referenced that Ontario farm. It's my understanding one of these farms offered increased wages to local workers. You know, 150 came at the start of the day. By the end of the day, only 10 were left. The work is that hard. And so yes, I get it. There has to be a, there should be people we can find to work. But do they want the work? Is the work super challenging? And do they only want it for four months of the year, she mentioned. Mackling and McNabb with you on this Thursday morning. And as of this Sunday, bars and restaurants can open to full capacity and group sizes for public gatherings will change with 50 people allowed indoors and 100 people allowed outdoors as long as they can stay two meters apart. And Loren, for many of us celebrating Father's Day this weekend, that's good news. Yeah, Sunday just happens to be Father's Day, so it's a big day to get together, eat or celebrate. But we want to know if the easing of these restrictions is going to make a difference to restaurants who've been working to stay afloat with limited foot traffic. And will it lead to people starting to plan or replan events that they had to postpone? Jan Regare is the owner of Pine Ridge Hollow, which has both a restaurant, shops and a wonderful space for things like weddings. Good morning, Jan. Good morning. So helpful? Are these changes helpful, harmful, confusing, all of the above? They're actually neutral. Um, I think that what people don't understand is that it's a six feet space between the back of one table's chair to the next table. So you push your chair back. Like it's a lot of space and we have a luxury of space in our restaurant. There's many restaurants that have much tighter spaces. So um, 75% or a hundred percent capacity makes no difference for the number of people we can get in. We're still at 50% because of the required spacing. You know, and I can feel your frustration without any question, Jan. Uh, my frustration lies in the fact that uh, last week when uh, the the rough outline of what we were expecting for the reopening of Phase 3, starting on the 21st, uh, we heard from restaurant operators very quickly that 75% and 50%, there's really no different. But we weren't really hearing out loud. Once again, I apologize if... Somebody was yelling it that 50 and, and, and 100, there isn't much difference as long as that six foot distance is in place. So uh, do you think that the public is ready for that, though, Jan, for there to be uh, a reduction, say, from six to three feet so that businesses like yours can get closer to full capacity? 
I think that Manitobans have done an amazing job of taking responsibility for themselves. So I think we can give this to them, you know, even for weddings. We, you have a list, you know exactly who's coming. You can send them the checklist. You know that if they're coming, they care about you and they are going to do due diligence and keep themselves safe if they're at risk or not put anybody else at risk. So I think that Manitobans have shown themselves to be amazingly uh, responsible with this very much about their fellow Manitobans. So I think it's time to open that up. I mean, since the day we opened our doors, I mean, our capacity has been, like, people want this. And, um, you know, our restaurant, like I said, we have four different spaces we can use. We're very fortunate. But the 100% really makes no difference if we follow those rules from between the back of the chairs. So are you hearing from anyone now, given the, the idea that you think Manitobans are ready to, for the responsibility? Are you getting calls again about weddings or are people still hesitant given the rules and the, and the no dancing and touching and all the rest? Well, we still have so many people in a holding pattern, right? So many of our people have moved to 2021, but we, were, we are hopeful that we can run our August and September weddings and October weddings, but of course we don't have any solid answers. And, and so in our case, for example, we can lift, take all the sides off the tent and have 50 people, you know, in the wedding tent. And, you know, but still they're suggesting no dancing and different things like that. So I think for many people that doesn't feel like a wedding. So we, um, it's a struggle to get clarity. And, and I understand this is difficult. This is not an easy thing to know how to go forward with. This is everybody's first time. So, yeah, I think uh, you made a really good point, uh, Jan, with regard to Manitobans doing a really good job here. And uh, there are still going to be people who don't want to go anywhere despite of the ability to do so. I think that's a good thing also. I think what you're asking for here is just a, a little bit more thought as to how these rules uh, play out and how they're really, to a certain extent, not much different than what we were dealing with before. Jan, we've got to call it uh, a segment there. Thank you for your time as always, and we will keep in touch. All right, take care. churches, mosques, synagogues. They've been relatively quiet over the past three months, and it's not clear if they will be returning to normal anytime soon. We know gathering sizes have changed, and so that's allowed for some things like funerals, for example. But what about a full resumption of services? Leaders from close to 50 churches have started a petition asking for some changes. They want their Sunday services back, and they want signatures before sending a letter to Premier Brian Palster, and their plan is to send this petition and this letter this weekend. Mark Reimer is the pastor at Grace Life Church in Bozager, which is also one of the churches behind this petition, and he joins us now. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Tell us what the impetus behind here. Uh, How did all these churches come together to say that you wanted to collectively use your voices to appeal to the province for changes? Well, I guess it began a while back when um, the restrictions were lifted to some extent on patios and public parks and things like these. A few of our churches sent a letter requesting that churches also be able to meet in in public outside spaces in a similar way, uh, with similar types of restrictions, and and we were not uh, permitted that. We were only allowed uh, 10. 
whereas a public park could have 50, 100 people in it. Um, so we wrote a letter then, and there wasn't much of a response. And so we decided to uh, maybe just step things up a little bit, and they followed the example of some other provinces, Alberta and Ontario, where they had seen some response uh, from more of a collective uh, effort like this, where they united around a particular letter and, and sent it together. So uh, I'm looking at your letter here that's uh, attached or essentially the preamble to your petition, Mark, and, and you're mentioning here that active cases peaked, peaked months ago on April 4th in Manitoba and indeed around the world. The models used to try to justify the lockdowns have proven inaccurate by the order of magnitudes. You know, I, I, if, if I may, I'd like to take a task with that because it's very convenient to look back in retrospect and say, oh, well, you know, these predictions were off. We've shut down the world's economy to a great extent in order to prevent the spread as much as possible of COVID-19 and then to have those efforts that have been that have been so terrific, as the Premier would say, by Manitobans, to, to have that as the justification as, as to why this shouldn't continue, I, I think is backwards. And we're, we certainly doesn't know a lot of what we're dealing with. Uh, our church was actually very supportive of the restrictions at the beginning. We would have probably done so voluntarily because we didn't know what this would look like. Um, but really in every jurisdiction um, really around the world, the models haven't uh, haven't arrived, right? We, the numbers haven't quite matched the model very close. And so I think we know a lot more about this virus at this point, and it doesn't seem like it is maybe quite the threat as it was supposed to be or was thought to be. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not a threat and it doesn't mean we should do nothing. And so uh, we're maybe looking more for an uh, individual responsibility that each person can uh, bear that responsibility a little bit for themselves, if that makes sense. So what uh, I'm, I'm curious, I know there's been some churches that have done sort of drive-in uh services you might be able to pull up into the parking lot and turn your radio and hear the service i know some funerals have occurred has there been has there been any pushback from the church just to go ahead i mean is there a concern that some churches might just go ahead and and reopen um because as they understand it the rules are you know 50 people inside so let's go for it anyway um are you asking me if some churches will just reopen now yes uh yeah, I think that's probably the case, uh, especially smaller churches. Uh, our church is quite small, but we have been meeting outside for the past few weeks. And so the risk is very low there, of course. Um, plus, we don't own our own building. And so that also changes things for us. We don't have access to a building right now. And so we meet outside. Uh, each church will will act in the way that they feel is best. I can't speak on behalf of all the churches, of course. So, Mark, what, what other um, what other uh, cautious uh, uh, measures are you prepared to to put into place to to do your part and to make sure that that things that the curve stays flat, shall we say? Right. So, uh, Doctor Rusin has frequently said one of the most important things is if we have symptoms, then we should stay home, and, and we definitely promote that in our church, which is something that I think we should all do with influenza or other sickness. We don't want to intentionally be around a lot of people if, if we ourselves are sick. And that's probably the main thing. And also just uh, allowing people to distance if they are more, uh, more at risk. 
So when we have outdoor church, we also uh, have some people can remain in their vehicles and listen through FM transmission if that's what they feel is, is best for them. I know you don't speak for all churches, Mark, and we have to let you go shortly, but but um, you're, you're a group that has about 50 churches on this petition. Is anyone prepared to say we'll limit the number of people inside to half the occupancy and we'll space out the pews at least or spread out the pews, make some actual physical changes, and, and so that could be part of a ongoing workable solution? Right. Like you say, I, I can't speak for all the churches, uh, I don't think, though, for many churches, 50% is very practical. It would be an improvement, to be sure. Um, but we still might question whether the restrictions uh, have been uh, demonstrably justified, uh, according to our charter, and uh, whether this is really a, a long-term solution for this. All right, Mark. Well, thank you for this. We appreciate your input. And, uh, you know, I understand uh, the, the situation that you're in. You want to you wanna bring your community together and uh, you want to do so in the fashion that you're accustomed to. And, and so that's obviously uh, been difficult for a lot of people in our community. So I admire you for uh, standing up for what you believe in. So uh, th- thanks for uh, expressing yourself with us here this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. You betcha. That's Mark Reimer, Grace Life Church in Beausager. Uh Loren, do you know how where people can find the uh, find that petition? I was trying to find the uh, link, and I'm not uh, successful so far. Give me one second, and I can pull it up. The, the petition includes a letter that you would then put your signature on, and then with that, you would be able to uh, be part of the group that wants to get these churches reopened. It's called Reopen Manitoba Churches dot wordpress.com reopen manitoba churches dot wordpress.com it's got the letter on there and states some of their reasons and then of course when you do that they've got uh, that letter hoping to get to premier brian palster about 45 churches on the list many most of them i think just a christian denomination with 1400 signatures so far greg Geez, all sorts of voices on this uh, segment that you, you might not otherwise hear, including this one we haven't heard all week. Happy birthday, Loren. Oh, hello. How are you? I am well, thank you. I ate an entire bag of chips that you brought last night. Oh, so good. I'm also a couple pounds heavier. Thanks for that, man. <laughs> You're welcome. Those La Cochina chips, the tortilla chips that have been sitting on your desk for, uh, I think, a month? At least. Yeah, well, because I dropped yours off, Greg, on your birthday. Oh, that's a good point. Back in late May, and we've okay. already, we'd already had them, I think, for a month at that point. So it's been like a month and a half. <laughs> the funny part to this, Greg, is that um, just before Brett got to my house, I had sent my husband to the store and I said, oh, and can you also get some of those Lacochina chips uh, for some salsa? He's like, sure. So Brett shows up with two bags and then my husband comes home with more and there's just a stack now of, I look like I have a, well, I do, I do have an addiction, but it looks bad. I didn't even have room on the shelf. They're just sitting on the chair in the living room, this pile of chip bags. Well, I got to tell you, I, I have a confession to make. I almost took those chips home with me on Wednesday. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Really? It's like, oh, McNabb's not coming back here for a while. If she really wants them, I could replace them. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that was the day that I, went, that I came in to get them. <laughs> How but, sad were you when I walked out with those chips? I was okay with it, but I thought, you know what? That's that's my typical MO. That's what happens to me. I'll be sitting at a red light at 3.30 in the morning. There's nobody around. I'm like, 
screw this. I'm going through the red light. And then I lift my foot off the brake and I look to the right. There's a police car every <laughs> single time. So it's uh, sort of par for the course for me. Whenever I think about doing something bad, yeah. there's a reminder as why I shouldn't. Oh, well, you have someone looking out for you then to keep you on the straight and narrow. <laughs> Let's go with that philosophy. <laughs> hey, are you are you up this early? You're on holidays, man. Uh, couch Potatoes Day. The couch Potatoes right. must assemble today to record uh, because it's, you know, we have it's not just on CJOB. We air across Canada. So uh, Jeff Braun's on vacation too. So the couch potatoes, uh, we're not quite living up to our name as being fully blown lazy on Thursdays during our vacation. So Well, we had a listener text in this morning, where's Jeff Braun? It's like, he's okay. He's, he's, he's just on holidays. It's all right. He's, he's in good health. But normally when, when Jeff goes away, he's going somewhere. Typically, yeah. he goes away to go and see his mom and dad back east. And so it's unusual for Jeff that this is two in a row now. He was supposed to be in Whistler, his last vacation. And then for him to be home uh, just kicking around is unusual. Usually, you guys have to modify your schedule based on his vacation plans. That's right. Sometimes we have to record two, even three shows at a time uh, during the week. So sometimes vaca- it's one of those situations where sometimes vacation just feels like, God, is this even worth it? <laughs> like when I used to be Charles Adler's technical producer and would have to assemble all of the, the best of Adler's that would air on weekends and whatnot, I would have to do weeks at a time. And I would just be thinking like, oh, man, I, I, this would be a lot easier if I could just stay at work <laughs> instead of taking because I because I was taking a week off I had to line all that stuff up mm-hmm. you know, for, for whoever was filling in for me so do you ever feel like that Loren where you, you kind of start lining all the stuff up ahead of time ahead of your vacation and go Ugh, I should just stay at work well, but that's part of the problem for a lot of people's jobs, right? Because you you feel responsible to do the work. And so, for example, I'm off tomorrow and I'm li- lining up some interviews for tomorrow, but then I'll be nervous until the show's over, even though I'm away and sleeping because I'll be like, oh, I hope so-and-so calls in. And I hope I remember to forward Greg the notes on this, you know, right? You, you feel like you're working anyway, which is why I'm curious how like Manitobans are going to unplug this year. Like We can now move from Western provinces, right, and into uh, Ontario a bit to Terrace Bay, so we can do some of those road trips and stuff like that. But I do find when I'm in good cell range, I have a hard time unplugging, which is why I do like going away if I can at least once a year, even if it's just to Grand Forks, honestly, because I don't get the American cell plan. I just shut off my phone and I say to people, like, I will not be on my phone. You cannot reach me. And that's the only way I can, like, make it better. You were tweeting stuff at 530 this morning, Brett. I was? Didn't you? Uh, I, thought, I saw you like something. I, I really liked early. something that Greg tweeted. Greg, but you were up early. Uh, not at five. Oh, you know what I did? I woke up at five and then I thought, what am I doing? And I went back to sleep. Oh. That's what we I, thought. I, what are you doing? Go I back saw to that. Bed. Exactly. I just thought unplug then. So I like I appreciate everyone's work ethic, but it makes it really hard. And then again, if you're sticking close to home and you can pop into work or your boss knows that you're reachable. It kind of sucks. Well, the first thing that happened this week, we had this conference call at 11 (laughs) o'clock on Monday and uh, it was an important meeting. I thought maybe I should be a part of this. And then I said to you guys on Sunday, you know what? Uh, Here are my thoughts on this topic. I think my first act on vacation should not be to appear for a work meeting. And five minutes into the meeting, the boss texts me and says, hey, can you call in for this meeting? Uh, Now, I I didn't have time to respond to it immediately. And I also thought, should I respond to this immediately? (laughs) Maybe I should just take a second. Oh, I wish you 
would have. <laughs> but then he, so two minutes later, he said, oh yeah, I forgot you're off this week. So don't worry about it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's good. I said, oh, well, clearly you were listening to the show this <laughs> yeah, morning, boss no man. Kidding. He wasn't there. <laughs> we only said it five times an hour. Brett's on holidays. So thanks for listening. And if you're listening this morning, big boss man, I uh, hope you're enjoying what you're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking too. It's like, oh, good to know that management is paying attention to its morning show. <laughs> no wonder we get away with all the things we get away with. <laughs> Let's try something else. Let's give away that barbecue to me. Okay. See how that goes over. Uh, we will change your name. Change your name and then we'll see what we can do. No, we would never do anything like that. Loren, we've been going back and forth trying to find a qualifier. We had some amazing stories, some tremendous pictures. Uh, do you know which one we're going to go with? I know which one I'd like to go with, and so I'm going to send it to you, okay. and you can decide. I'm, I'm conflicted between the people who have pictures of Brett. They're truly disgusting barbecues, like rusted out, missing elements. They've been knocked on the ground or fallen off a truck, and I get it. Barbecues are hard to upkeep. It's like nobody out there is using the barbecue cover, Greg. That's true. You need, so I'm con- you need a good barbecue cover. I'm conflicted between the ugly photos and just the really great stories. It seems like everybody that's been writing in this morning has nearly taken down the home with some sort of uh, barbecue situation. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So where where is that? Where am I going to find that? I'm going to send it to you. I mean, we don't have to tell anyone right now, do we? Yeah, we do. We have to declare who's, uh, who's going on, who's going to be in the draw tomorrow. There's only five people, five qualifiers, uh, Flame and Comfort and a Jackson Grill for you. We're going to give it away tomorrow, so we need to know who needs to be by their phone tomorrow morning. Okay, well, you're going to have to give me a few more, a minute. Give me till Jeff. We'll just, we'll just bump Jeff. Jeff Courier? <laughs> just kidding. Is he we'll supposed bring to on, be on this show? Yeah, we'll bring him on, but we'll bring him on late. Give me, I got to put down the mic. Give me two minutes. Okay. So while she's doing that, Greg, you know, you've said before that uh, you've left your propane tank on mm-hmm. all night. Yep. Uh, what would happen if you were to walk into the vicinity, like let's say somebody went out and like had a smoke <gasps> in the backyard? Oh yeah, would not be good. Yeah, is that like, I I, I don't have a barbecue and I've never done that. I, I think I have left the propane on, but I've never like, there's never been a spark but is that something that could trigger some sort of bad thing yeah it's basically a bomb (laughs) is what it is at that point and uh i was exchanging uh, text messages with one listener who was telling a story about the time that they left the lid closed thinking that the tank was off and then they went to lid light it and the propane had been storing itself essentially in the well of the barbecue and boom away it went so, and I've been down that road as well. Really? Oh yeah, it's not fun. I think it was probably the third time I ever started a barbecue. Didn't even think about that. The things that, you know, is it NBC? The, the more you know? Yep. The, <laughs> the more you know, the better off you are. I should have known. I didn't get to, I didn't get to taught that. So what happened then when you did oh, that? Oh, it was a big boom. Yeah? Yeah, I was on the phone and I got thrown back and the phone bounced off the the second floor balcony. And of course, it's a wood balcony as well in a townhouse in Charleswood. Oh, yeah. And I went and grabbed the phone. My buddies are like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But uh, we could have had a little bit of a disaster there without question because I'm just dumb. <laughs> All right. Well, I I, I was I've been thinking about should I put a bar, uh, barbecue in my balcony? Are you allowed? I guess you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm allowed. I smell barbecue wafting in from outdoors all the time. Yeah, you got to do it, man. Yeah. Even right. if it's just one of those little miniature ones. Uh... I've got one of those. I got one one at a at a golf tournament last year. So 
that's not a bad prize at a golf tournament. I know, just for showing up. Holy smokes! Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Is McNabb there? Are you still there, Loren? Are yeah, you I'm back? frantically typing. I've sent you an email. An email. <laughs> Holy crow! Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.